Well, if I haven't said it already, my name is Sam, uh, and I am the family discipleship pastor here at Pikes Peak Christian Church. Pastor Darren, uh, he's our senior pastor. Um, he is on, our, on a study break. He has been for the last couple of weeks here, and he's got one more week of study break. Uh, he's off uh, really seeking God, seeking uh, uh, the Lord's guidance, and digging into the Word, uh, trying to find out, figure out exactly what God wants us to look at um, in the next season. So he's planning out sermon series for the next year, uh, and really trying to hear from the Lord uh, over the next couple of weeks. And so... Um, you guys are stuck with me <clears throat> as he's gone. Sorry about that. It's part of my job. Um, some of you are excited. Some of you are not. I totally get it. Um, so I- I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm glad that I get to step in. And really, um, I'm glad that I get to be a part of this sermon series. You know, for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking uh, this sermon series better together. And we've been talking about community and how we need other people in our lives. We need other people to help us follow Jesus. We need other people to, to help us do this thing uh, called life, really. Uh, and so I'm excited to be um, a part of this sermon series. Uh, and really, it's, it's my whole job. Um, I'm the family discipleship pastor. And what that means is my job is to oversee and manage uh, create programmings and processes, uh, those kinds of things uh, to help people be discipled. Now, discipled is a really churchy word. Uh, what it means is to help you be more like Jesus. I mean, that's really what it means, to help you say yes to God, to know uh, it's part of our mission, to help more people more often say yes to God. It's the more often part. It's the part that says, I want to know what God has to say. I want to know what his word says. I want to know what my role uh, in saying yes is. Uh, And so that's my job. Uh, And I get to do that, uh, not just for adults and not just for kids and not just for students. I get to do that uh, for everybody in our church, Uh, from the nursery all the way up to um, our senior citizens. I get to participate, whether you're married, single, divorced, widowed. Um, It doesn't matter. I get to be a part of helping you all find a place where you can say yes to God, where you can grow in your relationship with Jesus. And I love that I get to do that. I love that I get to do that for kids. I love that I get to do it for adults. I love, uh, I really do love my job. Um, and, And part of what I love about my job is I get to do things like helping people figure out what God's called them to do, what their role is. Uh, earlier this week, I sat down uh, with a friend of mine, um, and she's just be- kind of been questioning, what, what does God have for me? Uh, am, I, am I on the right path? Am I doing the things that God wants me to do? Am, am I in uh, the right place? What, what's God saying to me? What's God doing? What does he want me to do in my life? And I got to sit down uh, with her for a little while and, and kind of unpack that and, and ask the question, what is God saying to you? What has God done in your life up to this point? Where is God leading you? What, what is God saying to you? And, and I got to help her see exactly what God was saying to her, exactly what God wanted her to do and, and kind of set her free and release her to go do this thing and be a part of God's kingdom uh, kind of with a, with a fresh eyes, with a, with a, a new, um, uh, just a new attitude, a new spirit about doing this thing that God's called her to do. And I love that I get to do that, right? And, and, and every time I do that, every time I walk through that with somebody, I can't help but think about my own story, my own journey uh, really to this place. How did I get to be on this stage? And, and I can tell you, I didn't always want to be on this stage. In fact, um, I started uh, my career um, in the Air Force. Now, that is a branch of the military for those of you who are confused. Yes, it is. But I started in the Air Force. I was 10 years active duty Air Force. Uh, I had a couple different jobs. The first job I had um, was security forces. Those of you who know me will laugh when you think about me as a cop. I told you. 
you would laugh when you thought of, see, they know me. Um, and, and it is a little ridiculous to think about me in that capacity, in security or in law enforcement. Uh, but I did that for a few years. Um, and, and then I moved to another job. I transferred into the communications career field, and I got to go work inside Cheyenne Mountain, uh, the complex up there. I got to work with the computer systems up there, helping uh, to make sure the mission of NORAD stayed up and running. I did that for uh, four years. And then I transferred out of the military. I separated, uh, became a civilian for the Department of the Air Force. I got to continue working with the NORAD systems in a different capacity. Um, And then in that time, God called me to ministry. Uh, He said, Sam, I want you to preach. And I said, you're kidding. Um, And and so, but we we followed that path. And and, and God unveiled to me um, through those seasons uh, that he was calling me to something, that he had a a place for me, a purpose for me um, in his kingdom. Uh, But but here's what I want you to know. It's not just me, and it's not just my friend, and it's not just Pastor Darren, Pastor Matt. It's not just Shane. It's not the guys that you see up on the screen. Every single one of us has a role that God's calling us to. There's something that God wants us to do. And if we look at scripture, we see uh, that Paul's going to tell us the same thing, that it, that it actually is true, uh, that the, the, the scripture, the Bible tells us that each one of us has a role to play in the body of Christ, in the kingdom uh, of the Lord. And so uh, what I'd like for you to do this morning, if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians. We're going to be in chapter 12. We'll start in verse 12. And as you guys turn there, uh, let me uh, just tell you what's going on here a little bit, because we're jumping in the middle of a book, in the middle of a chapter. And so some of you are familiar with the, uh, the, the Apostle Paul. Uh, Paul was an apostle to what we call the Gentiles. Uh, those are non-Jewish people. Um, and so Paul met Jesus. Um, he was actually going to persecute the church, to kill Christians, uh, to drag them out of their homes and, and have them killed for following Jesus. Um, and on the way to do that, he met Jesus um, on the road. Jesus blinded him. He spent a few days blind. Um, and the Lord really revealed to him who God was and then called Paul, transformed his life and told him, hey, I want you to go uh, and be the missionary, be the one who tells all of the non-Jewish people in the known world about me, about Jesus, about my love for them, about who I am. And so Paul went around the known world planting churches. And he would plant these churches, and then he would go and leave the town and go to another town to plant a church, and they would communicate via letters. And this letter, 1 Corinthians, is one of those letters that that Paul wrote back and forth. And in this letter, um, he's dealing with some things here where the church wasn't sure how to operate. They were were doing some things that Paul was like, "Mm, that's probably not quite right. And so Paul's addressing how they operated as a body of believers, what they were doing in the church. And in this section, of the letter, he talks about the role of each believer. And so we're going to jump in, chapter 12, verse 12. It's on the screen. Here we go. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So here's what Paul's saying, because it gets a little confusing. Paul's sometimes kind of wordy. And what Paul is saying is, hey, when we come together, we form the body of Christ. We represent Jesus 
to the world, to the church, to one another. We, we are the body of Christ. We represent Jesus when we come together. And that's true when we come together as a large group like we are this morning on Sunday. It's true when we come together in our small groups, uh, in our community groups. It's true when we gather together, we represent God. We represent Jesus. And each one of us has a part in representing Jesus, a, a part in that body of Christ. Each one of us has a, a role to play. And so here's the first takeaway. We all have a role to play. Think about your body. There's not a single part of your body that doesn't have a purpose. Right? Everything has a reason. It has a reason for existing. It has a a purpose for being there, right? I mean, you have feet for a reason. You have hands for a reason. You have eyes for a reason. Every single part has a purpose. And every single part of the body of Christ also has a purpose. We all have a role to play. Now, we don't typically get much pushback on that concept, right? I can say we all have a role to play. And we'll say, okay, I'll buy into that. um, But I want to play this role. Or I want to play this role. Or I want to do this thing. And and here's uh, what I find really interesting. Paul says that God has formed the parts of the body and put them in the body just as he wanted them to be, that we don't actually always get to choose our role. We don't necessarily get to choose the part that God has for us in the body. We don't get to to say, I want to do this thing and just make it happen, right? And that's the American dream, isn't it, right? I, I can do anything I want. I can be anything I want to be. If I just work hard, if I try hard, if I put my best effort forward, then I can do whatever I want to do, right? That's, that's the American dream. You guys believe it? I'll tell you what, I am never going to be in the NBA. It does not matter how hard I work. It does not matter how much I practice. It's never going to happen. I'm five, ten and a half on a good day. It's just not going to, it's not going to work for me, right? I, I can't, it's not a thing I can do. I wasn't made to do that thing. I wasn't created. I wasn't built. I wasn't designed to be able to do that thing. And so we don't always get to choose. And here's what I found. Um, in my story, I've had a lot of different jobs. I had a lot of different jobs before the Air Force. I've had a few different jobs in the Air Force, a few different jobs after the Air Force. And, and here's what I found. In all of those jobs, I was looking for a satisfaction. I was looking for what I was supposed to be doing. I was looking for this sense of purpose and meaning. And what I found is no matter how good I was at those jobs or how terrible I was at those jobs, until I surrendered and did the thing that God asked me to do, there was no satisfaction. And there was no sense of purpose. And, and I couldn't find the thing that I was supposed to be doing. Guys, I, I, was a great, I was a great enlisted troop when I was in security forces, man. I, I climbed the ladder quickly. I made promotion very quickly. In calm, I didn't do so well. And I was a little bit frustrated. And, and so through this military career, I got a little bit frustrated. And I thought, you know what? It, it's the active duty part. That's the problem. And so I got out of active duty, and I was a civilian. And then I thought, this is going to be great. I'm a civilian. I, this is great. I get, to, I get to not wear a uniform. I get to have some more freedoms, right? I, I still get a lot of benefits. It was going to be awesome, except that I was not satisfied. And one day I paused, and I looked back across my life, and I remembered that God had said to me a long, long time ago when I was still in high school, hey, I want you to go into ministry. I thought that God was calling me to that. I thought he was saying that to me, and I ran from that thing. I didn't want to do that thing. I pushed against that thing. But I was so dissatisfied in my life that finally I came to this point just before my 30th birthday, and, and, and I prayed, and I said, God, what? I'm done. I, I surrender. What do you want me to do? And that's when he said, I want you to preach. And I said... Not me. You get the wrong guy. I, I, I don't do, I'm, a, I'm, I'm behind the scenes guy. I don't, I don't like 
to be in front of people. I don't like to be on the stage. And if you knew me before, you would know that that's true about me. My first job in, in this church, my first volunteer job in this church uh, a decade ago is I would come in during the week when nobody else was here and I would set up the computers for the lessons for elementary school, right? Because that way I didn't have to see anybody. I didn't have to talk to anybody. Nobody had to see me. That was my first job in this church, and I wanted to stay behind the scenes, but God said, no, I have something else for you. I have a thing I've created you. I've made you to be this way. And I'll tell you, I did not find the satisfaction, the purpose, until I stepped into the role that God had for me. Now, now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that God is calling all of it into a full-time ministry. I'm not saying that God is calling all of us to become missionaries or pastors or anything like that. But I am saying that until you say yes, until you surrender to the role God has for you, stop fighting against it and saying, this is what I want to do, and say, this is what God has for me to do. Until you do that, you won't find the satisfaction that you're looking for. You have a role to play. We all do. And Paul's going to go on. And here's what he's going to say. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, the parts that, of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So here's what you need to learn. Here's what, here's what you need to see in this passage. You are essential to God's plan. You're essential. You have a role to play that we can't live without. You are critical to what God wants you to do, because we're all part of the body, right? And God has formed us to be certain parts of the body, and we don't get to choose those parts, but every part is needed. Every part is indispensable. Every part has a role that they have to fulfill in order for God's kingdom to be built the way that he would want it to be built, in order for his plan to come to fruition. There's a great example of this um, right here in our church. In fact, he's in this room. I'm going to use him as an example because he's in this room. He's a great friend of mine. We've been friends for over a decade. Um, and uh, his name is Brian Tungseth. Brian is uh, one of my best friends in the world. And, and I love him dearly. Um, but if I asked Brian to come up on the stage right now, as much as he loves me, he would have a heart attack before he made it up the stairs. <laughs> Am I right? <clears throat> and so Brian, uh, Brian was not made. And not called. And that's not his role, to be in front of people, to be the mouth, right? Um, uh, sometimes people think that, that pastors are the face of the church. We're not. We're not the face. We're the mouth. <laughs> think about a mouth. It's kind of gross. It's kind of annoying. Talks a lot. Really? I mean, my wife will attest that's all true. <clears throat> But here's the thing, right? So, so God has, has called me to have this role in our church, uh, to be kind of a mouthpiece and, and to build some certain things. But, but God has not called Brian to that role. But here's the role that Brian, that, that Brian is called to. Brian runs our operations in the church. He manages our finances. He oversees the facility. He oversees um, a, a lot of different things from a strategic standpoint. Nothing would happen here if it wasn't for Brian. And Brian is incredibly gifted at project management and being able to manage all of these systems and things. And Brian is amazing at 
those things. And it doesn't mean that he is not essential to this church. Just because he can't get up here and stand in front of you with confidence and, and looking like he's got it all together, it does not mean he's not essential to this church. He absolutely is essential to our church. And you might think, well, I'm a foot. What is my role in the church? Well, I don't know exactly. Maybe your role is to show who God is in your workplace. Maybe your role is to show up at people's house. Maybe your role is to get in and start doing things. I don't know what the role that God has called you to. I just know that your role is indispensable, that we can't live without it. And, and here's what Paul will go on to say, right? He'll, he'll talk about how um, the, the pastors, he's, God has given the pastors and the, and the apostles um, in the church to oversee the church. He talks about that a little bit in this. In other places, Paul talks about how the pastors, those who, are, who we would call paid ministry, um, our job is to equip the saints for the works of service. Man, I love that idea because my job is to help you do what God has called you to do. That's, that's my whole job. That's my role, is to help you do what God has called you to do. And, and here's how this oftentimes will play out. I stand up here, or Pastor Darren stands up here, and we have been praying all week. We've been in God's word all week, and we hope that we have a word for you from the Lord, and hopefully I'm letting God speak through me, and hopefully you're hearing something from God this morning. And you're going to walk out of here going, hmm, that thing I heard. I need to think about that some more. I need, I need to think about how that applies to my life. And what are you going to do? Are you going to call me and say, hey, Sam, that thing that you said, I need some help with that. If you're in my life group, you might call me. But no, you're not going to call me. You're going to call your friend. You're going to call the person who knows you. You're going to call the person who's close to you. And you're going to say, hey, I heard this thing, and, and I'm not sure how it plays out in my life. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. Or you're going to walk out of here broken, and, and who's going to come alongside you and give you the hug that you need? It's not me. It's not Pastor Darren. It's the person who God has created to hug you really well. My wife is really good at hugging. She is. She's amazing at hugging. Like She just makes people feel safe and warm every time she hugs them. I don't. People feel creeped out when I hug them. Okay, I promise not to hug you. Right? Unless you ask and you know what you're getting into now. <laughs> but here's what I'm saying. The parts that we think are hidden, the parts that we keep behind the scenes, they are indispensable. We have to have people to listen. We have to have people to, to help. We have to have people who will hug, right? We have to have people who will come along inside and do those things. Right now, there are a ton of people on that side of the building doing something indispensable for you. How many parents in here, you can raise your hands if you want, we'll get a little interactive. If you're a parent in here and you have a child who's under five, raise your hand. How thankful are you that there are adults who love your kids over there? Right? You can clap for that. And it's not the calling of every person in this room to go serve in children's ministry. It's not the calling of every person in this room to go serve in student ministries. Those are great places to serve. Those are amazing places to see God's hand at work and to have God use you to build things and create things that, that are incredible. But here's the thing. Some of you, I don't want you to come work over there. I know. It's okay. But that doesn't mean you don't have a role. There is a role for you to fill, and all of the roles are indispensable. They're all needed. That's what we've got to take away from this section is that every role is essential to the building of God's kingdom. And I don't know what your role is, and you may not know what your role is. So how do you find it? How do you figure that out, right? Because it would be incredibly frustrating to you if I just said, hey, you have a role to fill in God's church. Go figure it out on your own, right? Right? I love you too much to do that to you. 
So I thought about it a, a, a little bit, and, and here's what I came up with. Here's what I thought. As I was thinking about how do we figure this out, how, how do we find our role? How, how are we supposed to know what God is calling us to do? I think there's a few things that we're supposed to do, right? I think the first thing is, uh, and, and what I think is really interesting is that um, we have a great picture of how this works. Uh, if you've ever seen a, a newborn baby grow up from infant to about one or two years old. And, and you guys have seen that, right? A lot of you have seen that, right? You've seen, you've had your own kids or, or you know kids or you've seen kids, right? And, and what do babies do, man? When, when they're first, when they're really little, right? They just like, they can be in awe at their own hand. What is this thing? What am I supposed to do with this? It's really cool. Maybe I'll put it in my mouth, right? Like, that's what they do, right? And so what do, what do they end up doing, right? They end up trying things with their body, right? They'll start to learn to crawl. They'll, they'll try it out on their own. They'll figure out, hey, I can move this way. Or they'll reach and grab, say, hey, look, I learned how to use these hands. These hands are for grabbing things and putting them in my mouth. That's their primary goal. That's their primary purpose. I'm going to grab everything I can and shove it in my mouth, right? And, and they do. They learn by experience. That's the first way they learn what they're supposed to do is by experience. They experience things. They try things. And so here's, here's the takeaway for us. If you don't know where God's calling you, if you don't know what your role is, look at what the needs are and try something. It's not a lifetime commitment. Try it for six months. Try it for three months. Try it out. Try student ministry. Try kids ministry. It may surprise you. Try to, lead, try to be in a life group. See what that looks like. Maybe try re-engage when it opens up again. Uh, try some of these things and, and get out there and see, man, maybe this is what God's asking me to do. Try by experience. The next way we learn, uh, the next way babies learn is by watching, right? By observation. And it's the same thing for us. Kids will watch their parents walk and pretty soon they're trying to walk. Kids will watch um, their parents, how they eat, and they'll try and mimic those things. Kids will watch their parents talk and they try to mimic, mimic their speech patterns, right? And so we learn by observation just like kids do. The other way kids learn is when we tell them what to do. We tell them how they're supposed to act. We tell them how they're supposed to behave. I have, in my home, a nine-year-old boy. There's a lot of social things that we work on that I tell him, hey, that thing that you just did, you don't get to do that, right? Usually it involves foul noises at the table. (laughs) It's a nine-year-old boy, what can I say? But we do, right? He learns what's acceptable, what's not acceptable because I'm telling him, because I'm talking to him. So find somebody who can tell you, who has walked a little farther than you, who, who has a gifting at being able to see those things. Find somebody who can speak into your life. And then finally, and maybe most importantly, there is a God who put you together, who knows exactly what he has for you, exactly what he wants you to do. Ask him. But here's the thing, if you ask him, you have to be willing to say yes. You have to be ready to say yes to what he asks you to do. I wasn't ready. All those years ago, when I asked, God, what do you want me to do? And he said, go preach. I wasn't ready. So it took me a little while to get over the shock. And finally, I said yes to that and stepped into that role. But you've got to be ready. Ask God, what do you want me to do? What is it that you have for me? What's the role that you want me to play? And be willing to say yes to that role. We can find the role that God has for us in the church, in the kingdom, in our small groups, in our community. And, and don't think that this just applies to church on Sunday, right? I've given a lot of examples of things that happen here, right? We have a greeting team, and we have ushers, and we have uh, the worship team, and we have small group leaders in middle school and high school and elementary, um, and we have leaders in, in early childhood. All of those things are happening right now. But, but don't just think in the context of Sunday morning, because Sunday morning is, is like the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the church, right? Think about in the context of your community. Think about 
about in the context of the people that are around you. What's your role relationally with them? In our life group, um, we have a, a person in our life group who loves to cook, absolutely loves to cook, and, and we all love it when she cooks. Um, it's, it's fantastic, right? And so she uh, really loves to be in the kitchen, uh, and my wife is amazing um, at making people feel welcome and hosting and hugging, and so uh, oftentimes my wife mans the door in our life group so that everybody who comes in gets a hug and feels welcome in that place, and so we found our different roles. My role typically um, in our life group is to listen very intently until something is said that triggers a sermon, and then I start preaching at them. And then I apologize, and they love me, so they forgive me, and we move on, right? But what's your role? What's your role in the context of community? What's your role in the context of the church? What is God asking you to do in those relationships, in this place? God has something for you to do. It's essential that you do it. And here's the key, right? Here's the key. It honestly doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what he's calling you to do. It doesn't matter what role it is. It doesn't matter if it's kids or students or adults or in relationship or, or serving or behind the scenes or on the stage. It doesn't matter what it is. There's one thing. The, the key to all of this is, is this one thing. And Paul's going to pick up on it in the next chapter. It's chapter 13, starting in verse 1. He says, and now I will show you the most excellent way if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love. I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is the key. The thing that we're all called to, that every part of the body is called to, is to love one another. And this isn't the kind of love where you love your aunt, right, who's a little bit weird, and you love her because you have to. It's not that kind of love, right? And, and, and it's not the kind of love that, that you share with your siblings, and you go, yeah, yeah, we love each other, right? When you get in trouble, and, and your parents, you know, remember this, remember this season of your life when you'd get in trouble, and your parents would, would tell you, hey, apologize. Now tell each other you love each other, right? It's not that kind of love, right? It's not obligation. The word that's used here is agape Love. It's the love that God has for us. It's the perfect love that God demonstrated when he sent his only son, Jesus, to this world to live a sinless life, but go willingly and take the punishment for sin upon himself. He was beaten and whipped and spit on and humiliated and ultimately hung on a cross to die for your sin and for my sin because God loves us. This is the love that we're called to have for one another. This is why God calls us into these roles, so that we can demonstrate his love to the body, so we can demonstrate his love to the world. It's for this reason that God has given us this position, these roles, these things to do, because he wants the world to know how much he loves them. We can't do it apart from Christ. But here's what can happen. As we surrender to Jesus... And we allow him to fill us up with his love as we, as we begin to know him more, as we surrender our lives to him, as we say yes to him, we become more and more full of God and less and less full of ourselves. We become more like Jesus. And then we step into serving and out of the overflow of that love of God that's in us, we serve other people. And then guess what happens? We experience God's love in a whole new way and we're filled up in the service, in the doing. 
And there's this beautiful cycle that happens where we are in community with God and we're in relationship with God and God fills us up and we pour out God's love on the people we're called to serve in the way that we're called to serve and then we receive God's love back for having served and we continue to do this thing where we are loving people well and we're demonstrating the body of Christ and showing the world who God is. And it's amazing to watch it happen. And there's no better place to be than at the center of God's will for your life, where you're doing the thing that God's called you to do, where you're loving people the way God's called you to love them, where you're serving the way that God has made you to serve. Maybe that's in a community group. Maybe it's somewhere else in our church. I'm not sure. Maybe it's leading a group. Maybe it's getting connected in a group so that you can be a part of that group. I, I, I don't know what God's calling you to this morning. And you may not know. Some of you probably do. Some of you have probably figured it out already. I know, I know what God wants me to do. I know what I, what I think God's calling me to. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do this morning. Can I, can I as we wrap up here, uh, we're, we're going to put a little bit of music on. And I just want you to take a moment and, and consider what I'm going to ask you. Because I don't want this to be a quick decision. I don't, I don't want you to just knee-jerk reaction. But here's what I'm going to ask you this morning. The body of Christ needs you. We need what you have. We need who God's made you to be. We need the way that God reveals himself in your life. We need it. It's essential. And so I'm gonna ask you this morning, maybe you know what that is, maybe you don't know what it is, it's okay, either way. If you're willing to say yes to God. If you're willing to say, God, I, I don't know what you have for me, or God, I know the thing you have for me is hard. Either way, if you're willing to say, God, whatever it is, I am committed to loving your people well. I'm committed to being a part of the body. I'm committed to doing the thing, to playing the role that you've given to me, God. Whatever it is, I don't care if I'm the foot, I don't care if I'm the hand, I don't care if I'm the mouth, I don't care, God. I just want to be at the center of your will. If you're willing to say yes to him this morning, take a minute. Are you willing to do it? If you are, I'm going to invite you to stand right where you are. And I'm going to pray a blessing over you as you pursue that calling on your life. Are you willing? Are you willing to do the thing God's called you to do? If you are, if you're willing to say, God, whatever it is, whatever you have for me, would you stand up right now? you stand up and say, God, I will follow you no matter what. God, whatever, it ha- whatever you have for me, I will do it. Whatever the cost, God, whatever, wherever you lead me, I'm, I'm yours. I will follow you. I'll do whatever it takes to be in this place, to be at the center of your will, God. Maybe you're not ready to make that commitment yet. That's okay. That's okay. Maybe you're not sure. That's okay. But for those of you who are, for those of you who stood, who said, yes, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. This is my prayer for you. This morning, Heavenly Father, speak clearly to us, God. Reveal to us your purposes in our lives. Reveal to us the role that you have for us to fill. Reveal to us the community that we're to serve in, the place that we're supposed to connect, the place that we're supposed to do this thing. God, we surrender our lives to you this morning and we say, God, whatever you have, whatever you have for me, Lord, I am all yours. So Father, show us what it is. Give us the courage to say yes 
Give us the ability to walk into that thing. God, open the doors, make straight the paths so that we can do the thing that you've called us to do. And Father, I pray that we would see your kingdom come as a result of our saying yes to you this morning. Lead us, Father. Jesus, we love you so much. We pray all of these things in your precious name. Amen.